Well, good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church this morning. We're going to welcome our Appleton, 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 sorry about that, Appleton campus and our Stevens Point campus as well. And if you're joining us online, it's great to have you a part of our service here this morning. Would you all stand with me at each one of our campuses here in Green Bay as well as we together recite the Apostles' Creed, our statement of faith here at Celebration Church, the thing that what we believe here. Would you join with me as we say it together? We believe in God the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, this morning, I have the opportunity, the privilege to share God's word with you. Excited about that, that opportunity. Pastor Mark is uh, not with us. He's had a Laffey Way event on this weekend uh, uh, back in Vegas. Uh, I do need to say to you that he's not giving anything away there, hoping he's gonna get some favor out of the machines. Uh, He's there uh, sharing God's word and and touching their lives there. Uh, If you are visiting with us, or maybe at one of the campuses or here in Green Bay, my name is Lathan Duncan. I'm one of the pastors at Celebration Church, specifically here at the Green Bay campus. We do want to give a shout out this morning to two families in our church that uh, this past week added to their number. We're excited about that. The first one is Brian and Nancy Gruzy. Nancy's been on staff at the church and Brian's been on staff with Laffey Way for a while. On Thursday, they had a little boy Finley David Gruzy, eight pounds, three ounces, that was added to their family, so excited about that. And then Josh and Shaw Turner, they had a little girl born on the same day, Hazel Grace, nine pounds, nine pounds, whoops, seven pounds, nine ounces. You never want to add pounds onto a lady. Oh, that was, that was a big mistake, my apology. As Pastor Bob said, uh, this is Mission Sunday. And I had the privilege of a couple of weeks ago to lead a missions team to put in a freshwater well in Honduras. And this morning, as part of our Mission Sunday, I'm gonna share a little bit of update of that with you this morning. But before we do that, we wanna just quickly give you an update on this Mission Sunday uh, of of your giving, and particularly, first of all, with the Go Beyond Giving. You'll see a slide come up in a moment that just kinda gives us an update on the Go Beyond. We wanna continue to thank you for giving over and above your normal giving to Go Beyond, helping us to be able to continue to fulfill the vision uh, here at Celebration Church. You'll see that uh, Green Bay campus is pretty close to 917,000 now. The Stevens Point campus, around about 141,000. Uh, Appleton, just over 81,000, giving us a grand total of $1,138,790.50. 
getting very close to our goal that was pledged and the commitment that we made of 1.2 million. And so we're excited about that. Thank you so much. The second slide is just kind of giving us an update on our missions giving so far here at Celebration Church. This is an exciting part of what we do, a vital part of what we are involved here at Celebration Church. This is a year-to-date figure, kind of comparing 2015 with 2016, the year that we were a part of. You'll see back a year ago in the same time frame, same period of time, there was just over $9,000 given to missions. So far this year, in the same amount of time, there's been $29,000, a great jump and increase, $20,000, and we're excited about that as well. You know, when you give towards missions, you're giving sacrificially. Because most of the time, the dollars, that, the money that we give towards missions, whether we're giving financially or whether we may be t- involved in one of the trips that, that, that go out, we're giving away from ourselves. Because most of the time when you give, there's very little that you're gonna receive back. You're not gonna see something uh, right away from that. Maybe in heaven one day and you meet somebody there that your giving was important to help as they accepted Christ or heard about the, uh, Jesus as a result of it. But it's not something that you necessarily are impacted with straight away. Giving to missions is not gonna help the, the, the seat here in the service and the church become any softer. Uh, giving towards missions is not going to change the color of the building. Giving towards missions is not gonna give you another parking spot. Giving towards missions is not gonna change the carpet up in the front here that we so desperately are looking to try and change. Giving to missions is giving outside of ourselves, seeing lives impacted and changed for the, for the glory of God, and that's exciting. So let me give you a, b- a brief update this morning uh, and share some thoughts that kind of come out of the missions trip, but I wanna just give you a brief update about the trip. We, a team of us in February, a couple of weeks ago, went to Honduras to put in a water well, a fresh water well for the, for the community there. We as a church have been involved for a number of years now in what we like to call Advent Conspiracy. I'm sure you remember that over the Christmas season, the Advent season, we challenge you to give towards missions, maybe to uh, not give a, a gift in some way or maybe reduce the, the cost of a gift that you're giving for Christmas, give that money towards missions. And we've been sponsoring wells all over the, the, the world, really, and number of them in, in, in uh, South America and Central America. And that's what we, had, we did this year again. 11 people from Celebration Church went on this trip. There were four folk from the Stevens Point campus, wonderful people, two folk from Appleton that went along. We had four people from the Green Bay campus. This was a, a joint effort, it was exciting. There was a lady from Marionette who uh, watches us online quite regularly, so we'll consider her an online campus member. And she went along as well, the 11 of us went. It was a great time. Of the 11, only three of us had ever been on a mission trip before, so there was eight of us that were novices. Uh, and I gotta honestly say to you, as the leader of the team, I was a little bit apprehensive. I'm thinking, all right, I'm gonna go, and there's eight of these people that have never been on a mission trip before. Uh, do they really know what they're gonna get themselves in for? Uh, you know, what am I gonna have to, am I gonna have to have someone crying on my shoulder? Am I gonna, you know, I was, poor me, right, poor me. <laughs> but it wasn't really like that. But when the team came together, it was so exciting. I, was, I got to report back to you as a church that I was so proud of our team and the effort that they put in. They worked hard. They played hard. They laughed hard. They loved hard. Most of all, they served the people of Honduras hard. They blessed those people there. You see, there was two things that we did when we went. We went to give 
the village that we were a part of, the village that did not have fresh water, we went to drill a well so that they could have fresh water, so that their life can change, that, their, that things could change in their life and just the circumstances of their living conditions would change. And we went with that purpose in mind. By the way, the little village that we were a part of, which was quite interesting, we drove up and we were asking, what's the name of the village? What's the name of the village? Guess what the name of the village was? The name of the village was the Great Commission. That was pretty interesting. I thought, well, God, maybe you're eyeing in this. It was exciting, all right? So we went to drill a well, yes. But not only did we go to drill a well to help the people of that community and those lives, those children, those adults, and the people that they would impact and, and as well with fresh water, but we went to give living water, the water that only can come as we experience Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. And I want to say to you as a church this morning, we were successful on both counts. It was a blessing. Amen. And if you've had an opportunity to talk to any of the folk that have been on the trip, and by the way, right after the service this morning in the Bayside Room, and I know at each one of the campuses there's an open house, an opportunity for those that are on the trip to, to, to sit down and talk with you and share a little bit of what they experienced. You're going to hear some of that from, from, from me this morning, but they would love to share that as well. But if you've had a chance to do so, you would realize and understand that on their return, this living water that, was, that flowed out of their lives and received, uh, flowed into the lives of people that were there is continuing to flow continuing to flow through them. You see, that's what happens when we go and we serve. That's what happens when we go and we give. That's what happens when we go and we love the people around about us. Church, Celebration Church, it changes us. It changes you. When you sacrificially give, it changes you. We have a little video that we want to show you this morning that gives you a little bit of uh, information and, and, and lets you see a little bit of what happened on this trip.
Thank you. Thank you, Celebration Church, for what you did and helping us to go and, and make this happen. There was a sense that right at the end of the trip, as the team gathered and getting ready to leave Honduras and to head out, uh, there was a sense that we had gone as the hands and the feet of the members of Celebration Church. It wasn't about us. And we have a slide, a picture of, uh, the, the feeling was we want to take a picture of nothing more than the hands and feet. No faces can be seen in that picture. But the, the, the feeling was that we, wanted, we went as the hands and feet of hundreds of people that are part of Celebration Church who gave. Gave so that we could make this possible, that we could touch lives, that we could impact lives uh, in, the, in the country of Honduras and in that, that little village of the Great Commission. Impacting lives. And we were part of that. So thank you again for what you did in giving. And my encouragement to you, uh, even maybe right after service, as you find out a little bit more information at the open house that's taking place at each one of the campuses. There's a trip taking place at the end of the year to Myanmar again, to the orphanage that we support there. Next year, around about the same time, there'll be another Wales trip, and we're putting teams together for that. We're not sure yet what country it'll be going to for the next one, but many of you have come up to me and said, I wanna go, I wanna go, you know, I'd love to go. I've been wanting to go forever, and many of you are really excited about it. Some of you kind of at the end of the sentence add the word but, uh, and I want to say to you this morning, we'll take care of all your butts, all right? There shouldn't be any butts left because my, as far as I'm concerned, we all, if you're a born-again believer, you need to go on a short-term missions trip. It will change your life. By the way, it's good to have Pastor Joe and Pastor Chad back from India and the team that went to India uh, taking the T1 students there. We welcome them back in the land of the living of Green Bay, Wisconsin. All right, amen. In the time that I have left this morning, I want to share a few thoughts with you, and the thoughts that I want to share were part of what came out of our trip. God spoke to us in many different ways and, uh, at that trip, and uh, what I want to share this morning is something that God brought to our attention in a very real way while we were in Honduras. But it's a truth that's not just, it wasn't just for a team of 11 people in Honduras, but it's a truth that impacts every single one of us here this morning. And so I wanna share some of those thoughts with you this morning, all right? The title of my message is simply this, End of Construction, Thank You for Being Patient. I don't know about you, but how many of you get kind of frustrated, kind of get impatient, impatient when you're traveling down the road and as you're traveling down the road on our wonderful highways here, you see a sign a little ways down that says, beginning of construction, and then suddenly you're forced to go into one lane and you're in such a hurry. I mean, there's somebody, there's a meeting that you've got to be at. There's a place you've got to be at. In fact, Panera Bread is just waiting for you to get there so you can have the food that they're offering you and you can't wait. Nothing can get in your way and, you travel, and suddenly you have to be pulled over and into this one lane and you sit and you wait and you wait and you wait. Anybody ever experienced that before? Whether it's in Green Bay, I mean... Are they ever going to get rid of the construction in Green Bay? Uh, Stephen's point, I hope you guys are better off than we or Appleton, but there's construction everywhere, all right? End of construction. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We, what it is and what we need is what God needs to help us with is being patient. And what does that look like? You know, there's a lot that the Word of God says about being patient. Let's look at one verse here real quickly this morning. James chapter 1, starting at verse 2. And reading through verse four, we're gonna read it out the New International Version. First of all, it says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Wait a minute. 
joy, trials. They, they don't go together, do they? Don't, doesn't sadness or upset or impatience go with trials? James is saying, consider it joy when you face trials. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance or patience. Let that perseverance, let that patience finish its work. We've got to let the perseverance, we've got to let the trials, we've got to allow it to, allow it to finish its work in us without becoming impatient so that we can become, as James said, mature, complete, not lacking anything. Wow. In the same passage of Scripture, the Message Bible puts it this way. It says this. Consider it a sheer gift, a gift, friends, when tests and challenges come to you from all sides. That's a great gift, right? I'm going to wrap that gift up and give it to my wife for Christmas. <clears throat> Consider it a gift when tests and challenges come to you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Oh boy, we all do that. Trying to get out of something prematurely. The word of God, the Holy Spirit, God is telling us here, don't do it. Don't try and get out of anything prematurely. Be patient. Let it do its work in you so that you can become mature, well-developed, not deficient in any way. Another passage in Romans chapter five, verses three to four, this is out of the Amplified Bible. It says this, and not only this, but with joy. Again, the word joy. Let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships. Kind of hard to get our mind around that one, right? Knowing that hardship, distress, pressure, trouble produces patient endurance. And endurance, proven character. And that proven character will produce hope and confident assurance for eternal salvation. Again, the Message Bible puts it this way, and I'll read it to you. There's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know that troubles can develop passion and patience in us and how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. Do you know that patience and the, and the challenge of patience in your life will temper the steel in your life for you to be ready and anticipating what God's gonna do next in your life? In alert expect expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged, quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. It's like the pumping of a well, that fresh water coming out. You can't get enough containers together to, to hold everything that God wants to pump into your life as we allow patience to be produced in our, our life. You may say to me, you know, Pastor Latham, patience is hard. It's difficult. It's not an easy thing. And you know, you know, I'm just not wired that way. You know, I know some people that are more wired to be patient. I'm just not wired that way. Well, you know, Maybe you've prayed a prayer something like this, all right? Maybe you said these words. I prayed for patience, but I'm just not getting it fast enough. Hmm. Webster defines patience in a number of ways. The ability to remain calm when dealing with a difficult or annoying situation, task, or person. And nobody here has ever dealt with an annoying person. Bearing pains or trials calmly or without complaint, able to remain calm and not become annoyed when waiting for a long time or when dealing with problems or difficult people, patience. 
As I said to you, God challenged us as a team in Honduras to be patient. There's a slide that they're going to show you in a minute. You'll see one of the master drillers that were on this trip drilling. He may look a lot like me. In fact, he does look a lot like me. When we went there, we went and we were all ready to drill. Let me share this this story with you that brought about this challenge of patience to us as a team that I believe God wants to challenge you with today as well. On the very first day, Monday, we started drilling. We got up early that morning. We took off to the the little village that we were going to be a part of. The people were there to support us and and help us. We got there with all anticipation. Boy, we're going to jump in. We're going to get this well drilled. We're going to, you know... The Americans have arrived. We're going to do something great for, for the kingdom of God here. So we got there on that, that Monday morning and we unloaded the trucks, got everything ready. We got the drill rig in place and every section that we would drill was about a 10-foot ten, ten section and we were trained, we were ta- taught how to, how to drill, each one of us. So each one of us would have an opportunity to actually do some of the drilling. And so we began the drilling. The very first person in the team uh, got there and started the very first 10 feet of the well it was, man, it, it, was, it was quick. You just watch this, this thing go right down as it drilled into the ground. I'm thinking, well, this is cool. We'll get done here before, the, before lunchtime, all right? Then the next section of, of, of the drill was, was connected up, another 10 foot, and the next person stood up and they drilled the next 10 foot. It, it went great as well. We got the third section, another 10 feet. That person, you know, that, that time we, it slowed down a little bit, but nothing too serious. The fourth person got there and started drilling. And I know the people, Jason and Appleton will remember this because he happened to be the fourth person in line and drilling. And we got about, down, about 45 feet down and suddenly we hit rock. And it slowed to a crawl. We weren't having the progress we wanted. We were here, we were wanting to drill this well, we wanted to get this done. Now suddenly it had slowed down. It is, it was, it, we be, and what happened? We, had to, we were becoming impatient. You know, we had to quickly realize, as a team, we had to quickly realize that if we were going to break through that rock, if we were going to break through and get to the living water or the fresh water that was down in that well and allow that to come up, we were going to need to be patient. And I'm telling you, I think that fourth section of 10 foot, I think it took over an hour to to finally break through as little by little it would begin to break through that and, you may say, and it was hard, it wasn't easy. You see, in life, in your life and my life, this was a great illustration for us. But when things are going easy, when things are, it's easy to be patient. You know, when things are going fine, but when things get kind of tough and gets kind of difficult, you know, when that car cuts in front of you when you're driving down the road and you know that you've got to be at a certain place, suddenly we're not so patient. When somebody at work treats you unfairly, and I know that never happens to anybody at Celebration Church, but when you get treated unfairly at work or that boss doesn't like exactly what's happening or what you're doing, it's hard to be patient. What about that, that coworker when they start belittling you because of your faith and your belief? It's hard to be patient. We want to react. We want to respond. But we quickly learned, the team in Honduras, and the word for you this morning is simply this. If we, if you and I are going to experience all that God has for us, If you and I are going to experience all that God has for us, all that God is wanting to do in us, we need to be patient. Patient. You know, I thank God for the patience that he showed in my life. There was a season in my life where it was like a rock. Hardness of heart. 
There was parts of my walk of faith where, boy, it was like I was drilling that first 10 feet and it was, man, this is good. I'm, you know, God's, this is a one. And then because of hurts, because of things, things of life, hardness of heart. And I thank God that God was patient. He was patient in my life. He continued to get that, keep that drill going. He knew that if he could, when he finally broke through that hardness of heart and that rock in my life, that the living water was going to be able to flow and flow freely. And for you too, God is drilling in your heart and your life. Thank goodness for his patience. Thank goodness for what he's doing. Finally breaking through. Let me take just a few minutes that I have left to just touch on a couple of quick things of what, it, uh, what we need to know about being patient. First of all, patience is not developed overnight. We need God's strength for patience. In Colossians 1.11, it says this, we also pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you can have all the endurance and patience you need. It's God's glorious strength and power that we need so that we can experience the patient. So it doesn't happen overnight. Strengthened by him. A little further on in Colossians chapter three, it says this, verses 12 through 14. Since God chose you to be holy people, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. God desires for us to be a holy people. We've got to clothe ourselves with these areas, with patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Make allowance for my faults. Make allowance for your faults. Make allowance for our spouses. Make allowance for our children. Be patient as God is at work in their life. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive each other. Clothe yourself. Patience is perfected through trials. James was very clear about that. Very clear about how he challenged us to be patient and that it's the trials and the hardships and those things that will perfect our patience. So, you know, we so often want to resist the trials in our life. And nobody likes trials. Nobody likes the hard, the difficult times. We all like the things. But when we do, maybe we should stop and say, God, what are you doing? What are you doing in my life? What are you trying to break through in my life? What are you tr what's, what's happening? What does this look like? And embrace the trial. Be patient. Know that God is at work. And even be able to share that and have that attitude towards others. Patience is developed in God's timing. Hebrews 6.15 says this, then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. What is God promising you today? What are some of the promises that you know God is speaking to you about? Are you waiting patiently for it? Are you kind of saying, God, you know, hurry up, hurry up. You know, I, you know uh, we, live in, we live in the United States of America. We, we enjoy microwaves, so God, can you just get this thing going a little faster? Be patient, God is at work. You know, patience is a work of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 clearly teaches us that. It says that the Holy Spirit, who lives within us as born again believers, produces the kind of fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. Another word for patience, long suffering. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, because he's producing in us the character that God has for us and wants for us. So we need to allow patience to be developed in our lives. And how do we do that? We do it by thanking God for what he's doing. There are times where we just gotta stop God. You know, our attitude sometimes is, Lord, why me? Why, why is this happening to me again? Why do, stop and just say, God, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Rejoice in what God is doing. Maybe we need to stop and say, God, what's your purpose? Seek his purpose 
in the patience and, and what he's trying to do in our life. What is God wanting to do in me? What is God wanting to do through me? Is he wanting me to be a witness? Is this a situation that I need to reflect the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the, the power of God? God, are you doing something in my character? Are you breaking that stone that has been blocking the power of the living water flowing through my life? Sometimes maybe just reminding me that I, I need to put, allow my God to be in control of my life. How can we develop patience? By remembering the promises of God. In, in, in the book of Romans, it says, and all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We need to remember those promises when we look allowing patience to be developed. And simply too, by just simply giving up control. There's sometimes we lose out and we miss out. We become impatient because we want to be in control. Instead of saying, God, I lay my life down, I give up control, I want you to be in control of my life, help me and develop that patience in my life so that I can walk out and be in, in, have you in control of my life. Some beautiful truths that were hammered home to us in Honduras. You know, there was a, a word that we learned in Honduras. It's a, it's a, it's a, I'm not too sure whether it's an English word or a Spanish word, uh, but it was a word, a new word, and it's spelled I-S-H, ish. All right, you know how they, they, they worded that word as part of how we had to experience patience in Honduras? That every time we were asked, like for example, every morning we would be told that we would be having devotions at six o'clock-ish. And breakfast would be at 6.30-ish. And then together we would be at seven o'clock-ish, we would be getting together to go to the village. And you know, at around about five o'clock-ish, we would be able to come home, which had never happened at five o'clock, by the way. I think ish really means patience, being patient. We had to learn what it was all about allowing that to take place in our hearts and our life. There's a final slide that I, they're gonna put up for us here this morning. The wife of Billy Graham, that wonderful evangelist, uh, when she passed away in 2007, and she died in 2007, all of all the things that she could have put on her gravestone, other than just the date of birth and the, and the, the date that she passed away, all the wonderful things she could have engraved on that, this is what she engraved. Have a look at this. Ruth Bell Graham, born June the 10th, died 2007. And I don't know whether you can read those lines right at the bottom there, but on her gravestone, she had these words. End of construction. Thank you for your patience. Now, I don't know whether she's talking specifically to Billy, <laughs> Billy Graham, her husband, <laughs> or whether she was just saying, God, thank you. I've come to the end of my road. Construction is now complete. Thank you that you were patient with me. This Lent season that we're a part of, I love this season of the year. Wonderful time of the year. We take time to make room for God. We're doing that. Whether it means by sacrificing, fasting in some way, Pastor Mark challenging us to not, to not stay home on Wednesdays, but to come and be a part of the Wednesday Bible studies. But the fact that we can add something, like the Holy Spirit can challenge us today in the area of the character and being patient, all that God. Lent is this picture of spring, expectation of new life. And as we continue to wait upon God, he will continue to bring forth this new life, this new life, this living water that God's desiring to break through your life, to come flowing out of you, to saturate your life, 
to saturate the people in your life, to saturate your neighbors, to saturate your street, to saturate your city, to saturate the people around about us with the living water that comes. You may need to be patient. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time this morning and the opportunity we've had, God, to just look at your word and your word speak into our hearts and our lives. God, we thank you that uh, in our hearts and our lives, we, we, we sometimes live life and we, we want things to happen at our own timetable and the way we want it to take place. But God, you, you, you're, you're speaking something to us this morning about being a people that are allowing you to break the hardness in our lives, break through that stone, get that drill going and, and do all that you need to do so that as we break through that the living water can flow freely from us that springs of living water can flow out of our lives, that your kingdom would come and your will be done through us. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We pray your blessing over each person today as we become a people that the fruit of the Spirit, patience, would flow through our lives. We ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.